Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, well, let's get into the Word today, not alone, and uh, we are just excited. We're going to just be talking about something uh, really, I think, really important um, in this uh, in this season of our world right now. When we did a survey last year, what's the most important thing you guys want to talk about? I put a bunch of listed things on there. The number one thing was uh, our mental, our minds, and I did a series called Stop the Noise, and then the second was loneliness, talking about loneliness, and so we're going to talk about the idea of being alone and lonely loneliness in the next three weeks, and we're gonna, I'm going to take it from three different vantage points, but today, I want to just encourage you. I want to encourage you to know just this is the big idea. You're not alone. <laughs> You're just not alone. Uh, no matter what you feel, no matter what it feels like in your life, no matter what you might perceive with your life, you are not alone. God is with you. And I know it, it, it's easy to, for me to say that. I don't know what situation you're in right now in your life, but I know that God wants you to know this today. He wants you to know that you are not alone, that he is with you, that he loves you, and that he's called you to something great on this life, and that there's a great purpose for you, and that in this season where it feels like, man, what's, when are we gonna get out of this? You're not alone. He is with you. He's at your side. He's watching you. He cares about you. He's got his eyes on you. You're the apple of his eye. Come on. And he wants you to know that today. And so, you know, as I looked at this idea of, of loneliness, we recognize that, that being alone or the idea of being isolated and alone is something that permeates every single individual on the planet. Every single person at least one time in their life experiences a sense of loneliness or a sense of chronic loneliness where you constantly feel this internal gnawing in your spirit that I'm alone. I was, did a lot of reading and uh, different psychology websites and different things like that just to try to understand the ideas of, of loneliness. And one of the things I Psychology Day defined loneliness like this. It says, loneliness is a state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap. Now notice that. When one perceives a gap between one's desire for social connection and their actual experiences of it. Meaning that you can be surrounded by lots of people. You can be in a great marriage relationship. You can have a wonderful family. You can be in a great church. Be surrounded by a lot of people. But in your mind, you perceive that there's a gap between the connectivity of people or the connection with God or connection with others and where I'm actually at. The, this, this, uh, this definition identifies that this gap that we often feel is in our perception. It's in our perspective. It's how we see this situation. When I'm here to tell you today that despite what you feel and despite what seems like reality, the truth is you are not alone. And so even though you and I have this tendency to perceive that I'm alone, the reality is, is that you're not. And actually, uh, over uh, the, the, the research on loneliness is massive right now. And scientists say that, there, that, that, that the idea of loneliness doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you've been wired incorrectly or that I must be, something must be different you know, in my life. The reality is, is that loneliness is actually considered a survival mechanism. 
In the same way that if you hadn't uh, eaten in several days and you needed to find food, you would go into survival mode to try to figure out how to find food or water. In the same way, loneliness tends to be a survival mechanism when we feel like we're disconnected in a society where we have to stand six feet apart. You're not allowed to have people in your home and you can only have 10 or less outside and you're not allowed to go to church together. And it just feels like we're just isolated in general. We look at the situation that we're in and we find that this mechanism this survival mechanism to try to survive when I feel like I'm alone. This loneliness is a way for us to kind of cope with what we're seeing around us or what we're feeling around us or what we're experiencing around us. It's a natural uh, survival mechanism that drives us towards wanting to experience connection from other people or from God or from some other uh, individual. We find ourselves doing whatever it takes at times to either engage in relationships that are potentially unhealthy or what we often do is we isolate ourselves even more because for some sick reason, and I can attest to this, it feels kind of good. It feels a little bit good to isolate when I feel isolated. And then when I get isolated, I feel more isolated. But when I get isolated, I feel better about being isolated. And I get alone and I feel like, yeah, I deserve to be alone and I need to be alone. And then I get alone. And when I'm by myself, I start to experience some things that we're going to talk about today. And so we see today that often we feel like we're the only one and loneliness stems from a perception of isolation. Loneliness is the idea that I am isolated from others when in reality you are not. It's a perception. Loneliness actually stems from a sense of identity. It's oddly enough, as I researched this, I didn't mean to go this direction, but I found that most studies show that loneliness, 50% of loneliness is attached to people who are afraid of rejection or afraid of being uh, of social anxieties in their life. And so they isolate themselves out of fear of experiencing harm. And so what happens is, is often it, you look at a secular psychology will tell you that loneliness is often attached to our lack of identity. It's attached to a self-esteem. It's attached to how we see ourselves and how we perceive ourselves and do we really think that we're worth that relationship and do we really think that, 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 that this person should engage with me and so often we sabotage ourselves because we don't perceive ourselves like God perceives us and so we think we deserve to be isolated. And so what happens is, is that we come into a time in our life where we begin to experience loneliness and we recognize that it is absolutely attached to our identity. And when we have a low identity or a low self-esteem or, 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 or we experience uh, a bit of a, 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 we look in the mirror and we don't see what God sees. We don't see what God created. We don't see that we're created in the image of God. We forget to see these things and see these realities. And so what happens is, is that lack of identity or that lack of esteem eventually causes a sensation of loneliness in our lives. And then what happens is, is that when loneliness sets in, we all can attest to this, then comes this terrible, terrible word called discouragement. This discouragement sets in in our lives and we feel discouraged and we feel like I'm alone for a reason. I'm alone because people don't like me or I'm alone because people don't want to be around me or I'm alone because I seem to blow up every relationship I get in or I'm alone because I'm too much for people or I'm alone because I'm too bad or I'm alone because I'm too crazy or I'm alone because I don't deserve to be with someone or I'm alone and I begin to feel discouraged and I begin to feel thoughts like I'm the only one who's like this. I I just feel alone. I just 
I just feel alone. And that means because I feel like I'm alone, it means that I am alone. And because when I feel alone and I am alone, I begin to begin this truth begins to set in my mind that if my mind says it and I feel it, it must be true. And we get into this cycle where we get discouraged. And in fact, the, 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 the scripture, one of the scriptures we're going to refer to today uses the word discouragement. You can put that back down for me. I'll take it from here. Thank you so much. Let's give our media team a hand. They're trying to be helpful to me. I actually figured this out. Thank you so much, Joel. And... Um, Olivia, you guys are awesome. Kyle, I think I don't know your password, brother. <laughs> but come on, um, the scripture that we're gonna read today, there you go. The scripture that we're gonna read today, the word discouragement actually means to be shattered. It actually means to be broken into a million pieces. It actually means that you and I are, are, are broken and we are shattered and it, it, the, the pieces are, are, are shattered everywhere. And what happens when you get alone and you're isolated and you get discouraged, you begin to feel like, I can't, it's just too overwhelming. I can't seem to put all the pieces together. The next step seems unclear. It seems challenging to know how to break through this season. You begin to feel overwhelmed by the fact that I'm alone and fear sets in and discouragement sets in and esteem sets in and my identity begins to be broken and I have a low self-esteem and I'm discouraged and I'm afraid that, I, that people are gonna reject me and fear begins to come into my life and I begin to worry about what's gonna happen when I do engage. And then we find ourselves completely isolated and alone and the enemy wants us there because he knows that you are actually not alone. He knows that God is with you, that God is present that God is by your side, that God is watching you, that God cares for you, that God wants to lead you, that God wants to speak to you, that God wants to be there for you, that God is our ever-present help in times of trouble, that God is so close to you that he actually lives inside of you. He is so close to you. He's closer than a brother. He's closer than a sister. He's closer than a mother and a father. The enemy doesn't want you to know that you are not alone ever, not a single moment or a day in your life have you ever been alone, even in your deepest areas of sin, and even when you made the biggest mistakes and even when you went and were full of shame and guilt and all these things, God never left you, not once. He's with you. He's at your side. And what discouragement does is it causes this inner fear and we have this perception that we are alone and this fear sets in. And as I mentioned earlier, 50% of people who struggle with loneliness, it actually stems from a social anxiety that you're afraid that I'm going to engage in a relationship and it's going to fall apart, that it's gonna screw up, that it's not gonna work. And so what we choose to do is we sabotage relationships out of fear that I don't wanna go through the pain again. And so we stay isolated. We accept the lie that I'm alone and we do life living with a smile on our face, going to church, being around people. But deep inside, you have a low self-esteem and you're lacking identity and you're discouraged and you're afraid. And I'm here to tell you today, the good news for you is you don't have have to feel that way any longer. You are not alone. God is with you. He's with you. And often what I find in my own life is that when this loneliness sets in and the discouragement sets in, man, we start to make some foolish choices. Maybe we, we lean into a relationship that we know is not a healthy relationship because we know at least the health, this relationship will, will, will satisfy me and make me feel better about myself for at least a moment, even though a majority of the time it's an unhealthy relationship and I know it's not good to be in. 
I'm still going to engage in the relationship because I know at least there are moments when it just takes away this inner gnawing in my soul. Or maybe for you, it's, it's substance abuse or drugs and you just numb that feeling. Or maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe you sleep around with other individuals. Maybe you do hurt yourself and harm yourself. Maybe you overeat. Maybe you tend to so isolate yourself that from people that you, you, you find yourself as like a hermit in your home and you never go out. And it's not just COVID and restrictions. It's just what you do, your response you do because I don't want to deal with people because I'm so discouraged and so afraid and so upset that I, I begin to live a life shackled by my loneliness. And see, I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not. What happens if we stay in this cycle is we begin to believe the lie. I'm alone. I feel alone. I don't know about you, but this last Monday when the restrictions, we stepped us back one step. I felt pretty alone. I had a pretty interesting week this week where I was pretty alone. I, I have a wonderful wife, wonderful kids, amazing church, amazing friends, amazing family. I just felt alone. The narrative in my mind was, you're alone. Why am I alone? Because you're not good enough. Why are you alone? Well, because, you know, I, I did this or I did that or I'm not this. Or I'm, it all stemmed down to one thing, insecurity, identity, esteem, leading to fear, leading to discouragement, leading to an acceptance of a lie that is not true. I have never been alone, not once in my life. In fact, even before I was born, his eyes were on me. See, the truth about being a follower of Jesus Christ is, is that we're never alone. And don't you think the enemy wants to trick us into thinking you're alone? Especially when it comes, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks, about the body of Christ. He puts you into a family and then you feel alone. Well, the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't blame everything on the devil because I don't think he's worth it. Some of us just struggle perpetually with a chronic loneliness. But I have good news for you today. I want to read you a scripture today. And this just keeps going off. So team, you can help me. Thank you, Kyle. I love you, buddy. Go ahead and put that next slide up for me, guys. Thank you. Come on, let's read this verse together. And I want you to read. I want it to permeate your soul. Let it permeate your heart. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, look at this, will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you. He will not abandon you. Go on, do you hear these words? He's not gonna fail you. He's not gonna abandon you and leave you alone. He's not just gonna send an angel ahead of you. He's gonna go personally before you. He'll be with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. My child, the God says, don't be afraid. My son, my daughter, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm watching you. I care about you. I care about your future. I care about your marriage. I care about your finances. I care about the life you're living right now. I care about what you're facing in your mental, uh, in your mind. I care about what situation you're facing at work. I care about you. 
I'm watching you. I'm gonna personally go before you. I am with you. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Come on, I hope you're being encouraged in your spirit today to know that you've never been alone, not once. A story the Lord spoke to my heart and encouraged me this week I wanted to bring to you uh, is a story in the Old Testament. And I shared this with a few people this week, but I thought I'd expand it a little bit more just because if the Lord's speaking it to me, maybe it'll encourage you. The story is back in the book of Judges, the people of Israel, and you can, I'll tell you when to proceed. Thank you. The book of Judges, the people of Israel were experiencing some very difficult times. The, they kept going out and planting their crops and livestock and, and they were going out and trying to live life. And every time they tried to live life, the enemy would come and would trample and ruin their crops and would murder all of their livestock. And so they couldn't just live a normal life. They couldn't even provide food for their family. They felt at a time uh, this happened for about seven years and they were feeling abandoned by God. They were feeling discouraged. Like, God, where are you? It feels like every single time I try to do something right and every single time we make a stride forward, the enemy just comes right in and takes it out. Every single time, God, I feel like I try to advance in a relationship with someone and it feels like it just falls apart. Every single time, God, I try to, you know, have joy and go forward in life. And every single time, God, I just feel like I put myself out there for my state of loneliness and I feel like I just get pushed back down by the enemy. And here we see, I don't know about you, but I feel like this relates so much, this story, to where we are in our culture, in our world today, where it feels like we're going to step three. And what? Are we go to step one? I just feel like it's like, man, I thought we were going forward and all we're doing is going back. It makes you feel alone. God, where are you? God, why have you left us, God? God, have you abandoned us, Father? Where are you, God? This was the state of the people of Israel. And we come to our, our first verse here in Judges chapter 6. It's on the screen here. Thank you. It's verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And it says in this verse that the angel of the Lord sat and watched Gideon. Now, this angel of the Lord is called a theophany. A theophany is when the, when, when the pre-incarnate bodily form of God comes to earth. We see this all throughout scripture, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, all throughout scripture, they have a theophany moment. So in our biblical context, now that we've seen the New Testament, we recognize that this, in this story, many theologians and scholars all agree that this is a pre-incarnate bodily Christ coming to earth. So here is Jesus. It says, if I can just change the text here for a moment and say that the angel of the Lord meaning Jesus. He came and he sat down under the oak and Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abezrite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat and he just stood there and he just watched him. 
He's just watching. Just imagine for a moment the reason that Gideon was in this wine press, as I mentioned, because the enemy was trying to destroy other crops. So he went and stole a bunch of uh, threshing wheat and he brought it down into this little wine press that was kind of this big uh, cement kind of area. And he would bring it down here and he didn't do it on the wood floor. He did it on the, the ground and he was beating the wheat like this because he was trying to just make some food for his family. And he was trying to be quiet because he knew that if he made too much noise, the enemy would come and find him and take that away from him. And so he was trying to be quiet. He was afraid. He's all alone in this story. He's discouraged. He's frustrated. He's upset that this doesn't feel like the life that I thought that I'd be living in 2021. It feels a little bit like I'm alone and it feels a little bit like everything I try to do fails and here I am and he's beating the floor. And I, I just can imagine for a moment, Gideon's probably, I, I just want to maybe put myself in the story. He's probably grumbling a little bit. He's probably frustrated. God, like, where are you, God? This is so stupid. I can't believe I'm going to hide this wine press to do this. And here's Jesus. Here's Yahweh. Here's Jehovah. Here's the angel of the Lord just watching him. He just has his eyes on him. He's watching him. He's standing there from a distance, watching him afraid that someone's going to make a noise. Or he's standing there and watching him beat the weak because he knows desperately he needs this to work to feed his family. And here he is all alone, frustrated and discouraged. And it's, I just want you to hear this today. The angel of the Lord, Jesus, was watching Gideon in his place of frustration and loneliness. When you think there is no one with you, God is watching you. This is proven all throughout scripture. Look at the scripture in Romans chapter eight. Come on right here in verse uh, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Go ahead to the next one. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. The Holy Spirit is actually watching you and praying for you right now. He watches the situation you're in. He sees how lonely you feel. He sees how disappointed and discouraged you are right now. And the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf to the Father that you might help you in your time of weakness and your time of frustration. Not only that, but just a few verses later in verse 34, look what it says. And the, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us. And he's sitting, look at this, he's sitting underneath the oak tree on the place of honor at God's right hand. And he's pleading for who? For us. He's praying. He's saying, okay, God, I see their plight. I see their challenge. I see that they're alone. I see they're discouraged. I see they're frustrated. I see they're isolated. I see the situation they're facing right now. And I am actually pleading for them, praying for them. I am present and watching their situation. Come on, look at this verse in Psalms chapter, I think it's eight. Psalms chapter three, I was way off. I lay down and slept. Look at this. Yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. Even while you're sleeping, he just watches. Okay, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna, I'm with you. I know you feel a little, I know you closed your eyes and felt like, what am I gonna do? And he just sits there and watches you. He prays over you. He sings over you. I go to bed sometimes and feel so alone. Some of you who are single or have lost a, a loved one or maybe you've gone through a brutal divorce in your life and you go to bed at night and you just feel 
alone and discouraged. Jesus is watching you. He watches over us. It says in the next verse that he finally, look at this in, in, in Judges 11, 12. Look at this. When the angel of the Lord appeared. So now the angel of the Lord decided, to, Jesus decided to reveal himself to Gideon. Look what he says to him. He sees he's discouraged. He sees he's afraid. He sees he's frustrated. And look what he says to him. He says, hey, hey, Gideon. Oh, the Lord is with you. The Lord is present with you right now. God is with you. And look what he says. Mighty warrior. The first thing that the angel of the Lord, that Jesus did when this young man was facing discouragement and loneliness was what? Talked about his identity. Hey, hey, I'm with you. Remember, you're a mighty warrior. He says, this, this Hebrew phrase, mighty warrior, means you're a strong, strong, mighty man. Come on, you're a child of God. Come on, hey, God is with you. You're an amazing dad. Come on, God is with you. You're a mighty woman of God. Come on, God is with you. You're a daughter of the most high. Come on, God is with you. He speaks to your identity today and says, come on, you're not what the perception in your mind says it is. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. Hey, I'm with you. And the proof that I'm with you is you're my son. You're my daughter. You're a strong, strong, mighty woman of God. Come on, you're a strong, strong, mighty man. The first thing. Jehovah did is deal with Gideon's identity. He says, I'm with you. <laughs> I am with you and I'm here to help you. And when you believe that this, this loneliness and this frustration and the discouragement is the reality of your life, I'm here to remind you today that I am with you and that this is who you are. I am with you. You're not what your brain says you are. I'm with you. You're not what your mom and dad say that you were. I'm with you. Not what your brothers and sisters or your aunts and uncles or the people that have said these things to you. I want you to know God is with you, mighty warrior. I'm with you. I want to show you who you are. Remind you that you're my son and my daughter. <laughs> look, what, look what the response is of Gideon. Look what it says. He says, pardon me, sir. He doesn't know it's God yet. Pardon me. But I don't know if you felt this way before. If God is with me, why has all this happened to me? If God's with me, why has COVID happened? God's with me, why is my marriage struggling? If God's with me, where was my finances? If God's with me, why do I feel this way? If God is with me, where are all his miracles and his wonders that my grandma and my grandpa told me about from our ancestors when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? Where is this thought? Where is this God? Where is he? Where is this God? Look what he says in this next line. But now, look what he says. The Lord, look, has abandoned us. The Lord's left us alone. The Lord's left me by myself. The Lord's left me isolated. The Lord's left me disconnected. He's given me over to the hand of the Midianites. He's abandoned me. He's left me. I'm no, I'm no longer, God's no longer with me. God's no longer by my side. Have you ever felt this way before? 
man, I just feel like I've just done everything right, God. And I just feel like you're not with me and you're not for me. I feel like you've abandoned me. God, where are the miracles and wonders that I read about in your word? Where's all the things that people have told me about in the past? You say God's with me, but I sure don't feel, I feel alone. I feel disconnected. I feel lost and broken. I feel shattered into a million pieces. I feel discouraged. You notice in this verse that Gideon didn't even talk about who he was. He didn't even address how God said, you're a mighty warrior. He just was frustrated. God said, I'm with you. And God heard what he said. And now look what it says. This next verse, look what this says. The Lord, now notice it goes from the angel of the Lord. Now it says the Lord. This means now he turned to him. Well, you know what this means? That God advanced towards Gideon. God began to move in his life. He began to show him his presence. He began to pour out his love. When the Lord turns towards anyone, guess what happens? They experience the glory of God. Look at that language. Now Gideon's beginning to realize, whoa, 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 there's something bigger here. It says the Lord turned to Gideon. And he said, go with the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? See, I want you to know something in your life that God wants to step towards you in your life in your place of loneliness. I want you to know that the interaction that we had here wasn't a pleasant one. It wasn't like Gideon's like, oh, awesome, God, hallelujah. No, he's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> you think you're with me? Well, guess what? I don't believe you. I don't feel like I'm not alone. Guess what? That's how God wants to talk to you. God, this is, I'm not gonna pretend any longer how I feel, God. I don't, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling abandoned. And guess what the Lord does every time? It's the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, that faith is the belief that God exists and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when I say, God, I'm not feeling you, but I'm seeking after you, guess what he does? He turns towards you. Look what he says. Go and go back. It says, go in the, oh, thank you. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. You know what he's saying? Guess what? You're enough. He didn't say, go in the strength that I've just given you. He said, go in the strength that you already have. You're already enough. I've already fearfully and wonderfully made you. You're already a mighty man of God. You're already a mighty husband. You're already a wonderful woman. You're already what, what I said that you are. Go in what you already have in your life. Go in the strength that I've given you today. Go in the man of God you are, in the woman of God you are, the child of God you are. Go in the person that I've called you to be. And then he says, am I not sending you? He says, listen, you've got a purpose for your life. You've already got everything that you need to survive this life. Not only that, you've got everything you need to, to thrive in this life. I've given you everything you need as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a great mom, as a great dad. I've equipped you. I've called you. I've destined you. And now I'm sending you. You have a purpose. Now, still getting isn't quite getting it. And now he wants to talk about his identity. He says, pardon me, sir. He still doesn't know it's God because he wouldn't be calling him sir because in a few verses, he falls flat on his face and realizes he's face to face with God. He says, pardon me, Lord. Pardon me, sir. How can I save Israel? Now notice we're going back to identity. 
My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. He says, I'm not good enough. I feel alone, God, not, not because, not because there's, you haven't provided for me. I don't feel alone, God, because I don't have people in my life. I feel alone because, God, at times I don't feel like I'm good enough to be with other people. I don't feel like I'm good enough to have a relationship with you. I don't feel like I'm good enough. And the Lord says, guess what? You're not, but you are because of me. We feel this isolation. We're in this scripture. The Lord looked at him and this is all his response to all of it. He says, okay, you don't think you're good enough. Okay, you're frustrated that life isn't going okay and that you're feeling lonely. I will be with you. That's all I gotta say. I'm gonna be with you. I am by your side. I have never left you. I have never forsaken you. I have never let you down one single day in your life. I am with you. Come on, let's read this Deuteronomy verse again. I'm gonna read one last verse to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you and he will be with you and he will neither fail you or abandon you. Come on, I wanna read one last verse today. It's in Psalms 139. And I want you just to look at the language in this verse to show you that God is with you. Go ahead and put that on the screen. It says this. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. Lord, you even know when I sit and when I stand. Lord, when far away, you know my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. And every moment, you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. Look at this. You both proceed and you follow me. And you place your hand of blessing on my head. This too, this is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, Lord, you're there. If I go down to the place of the dead, Lord, you're there. If I ride the morning wind to the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. You were, you were there while I was being formed and under seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. How pressed it is, Lord, to realize, look at this, that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I wake in the morning, you're still thinking of me. See, this is the truth that you are never alone, that God is always with you, that he is always watching you. And he wants you to know today that you're a mighty warrior, that you are a strong, strong man and woman of God, that you're a great young man or a great young woman, or you're a great mother or a great father, or God has a plan for your life. I want you to know that today. You don't have to be afraid. God is with you. God is watching you. God is thinking about you. God is turning towards you. God says, I am with you today. You are not alone. We pray for you today. If you're watching today and maybe it's your first time uh, being at church, maybe it's your first time in a long time, you're watching today, or maybe you're call yourself a follower of Jesus or a Christian, but you just feel like you're disconnected from him. Today, as I pray, I want you to, to make a personal confession that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. And the Bible says that you'll be saved. My prayer today is that while I pray, the Lord will come and change your heart that you'll start a new relationship with Jesus Christ today. 
You'll start that journey and it's very simple. All you have to say, literally, it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus, I confess that you're the Lord of my life. If you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, the Bible declares that you will be saved. And today I'm gonna believe for those of you watching, you say, I don't know what to do. Give your life to Jesus Christ and you will spend every single day of your life with his eyes on you. He's watching you. He's helping you. He's guiding you. He's leading you. And he's filling you with a great love and joy and peace that you've never experienced before. Come on, Father, I just pray for those watching today. Thank you, Jesus, that we're not alone. In this crazy world we live in, God, with politics and sickness and fear and Lord, just everything going on in our world, God, it's sometimes so overwhelming. We just feel so small in this big narrative of the world. And we say, God, thank you for reminding us today that we are not alone you're watching us and you're with us. Father, we come before you today and we just say that we need you. We feel discouraged and we're sometimes afraid and we're feeling broken, God. We need you, God. I pray for those watching today who've struggled in their walk with you, God, or struggled in a relationship with you. Lord, I pray today would be the day that they come back to a relationship with you by making that simple confession and they would get into a great group and get into a great church and they begin to see their lives transformed forever. I pray for those who are experiencing loneliness today. Let them be reminded that first and foremost, God, they are never alone and that, God, they are fearfully and they are wonderfully made and they are beautiful in your sight. They're powerful in your sight, oh God, because of what you did on the cross for us and how you rose on the third day. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.